All right, so kids, if you are kindergarten through fifth grade, you can make your way to the front. Uh, if you're ages three to five, you can gather at the back. If this is your first time joining us and you're wondering where your children are going, you're more than welcome to follow them and check out what's going on. Um, and while they're doing that, I'm going to introduce to you Jared Landreth. Um, Ronnie and Linda are still on their vacation. Um, and so Ronnie asked Jared, who is currently serving as one of our elders, if he would like to preach. Um, Jared is also the preacher's son-in-law, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to uh, what God has to say through Jared this morning. So, Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Is this thing working? I'm not, I'm not used to using a mic. Well, I was going to introduce myself, but Eric already did that for me, so thank you for, for that, Eric. Uh, I am a, I'm, a, I'm currently serving as an elder here, and um, you got to hear from Bud last week who's also one of our elders, and so I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm actually really excited to be up here. I think it's, I was telling the class, the Sunday school class, that it's, it's kind of the waiting around before I walk up here that I'm just like, oh, let's just get up there and do it, right? Um, all right, so this, the first, I don't know, sentence of this, of my, my sermon here, kind of makes, I don't know, a little bit more sense even this morning. It says, it's ironic to me that I'm up here preaching on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Um, it's ironic to me because, to tell you the truth, this is something that I feel like I'm struggling with right now, uh, being a father, that is. And if you guys, you probably didn't hear it because we were singing, but there was two little boys in the hallway screaming, and they're both mine. So I don't, maybe you don't want to listen to me. I don't know. Take it for what it's worth, I guess. Um, so yeah, if you don't know, I have two boys, Oliver's five and Isaiah's three. Um, and obviously, thanks guys for making my point, they are crazy, um, and they, they somehow get crazier every day. I'm hoping that tails off at some point. I don't know exactly what age that is, but I'm looking forward to that day. As I said, I've been, I've been struggling through um, certain aspects of being a dad. And, and these struggles have prompted um, the topic that I'm going to be covering today. Um, and just, just kind of a side note, maybe, uh, maybe if some of you in here don't have kids, and that's, that's just fine, it's great. Maybe your kids are grown up. Grown-ups, they're grown up, they're big, whatever. Um, and then maybe some of you have indeed lost a child. And, and I would ask for your grace and your patience um, as, we go, as we walk through this today. Uh, maybe you aren't the primary audience, but, but when, whenever we open God's Word together, there's truth to be understood. Um, so just, just hang with me, please. Um, so part of me wishes that Scripture could be more specific, especially when it came to the topic of parenting. It would make my job today easier and make your job as parents easier if you could just have a search bar, you know? Like something that you could type in the crazy thing that your kid did today and it would shoot out the verses that you, need to, that you needed for that moment telling you exactly what to do, right? So maybe you'd type in terrible twos um, or threes or fours or like I said, at some point I know it ends, but or maybe you'd type in hormonal teenagers um, I know some, many of you can relate to that. I can't. I mean, I was a hormonal teenager, but I'm not anymore, I don't think. Um, or, you know, maybe something completely random that totally didn't happen to me. Uh, how do you handle your three-year-old when he flushes an entire roll of toilet paper down the toilet, flooding the bathroom so much so that it is leaking out of the ceiling below? Sorry, Crosby's. They bought our house. Um, cleaning up that mess only to immediately walk in on your one-year-old who is still in his crib, 
whose bodily functions have somehow defied the laws of physics, and he has pooped up his, up his back, and yes, all over his own head. That was a great morning. I was all by myself. <laughs> scripture is strangely nonspecific on those issues. In fact, not very often in Scripture does it speak directly to fathers or parents giving direct instruction. Paul addresses fathers directly in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 4, and that is verse 4, um, and that is where we'll be jumping into Scripture today. So if you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 4, it'll probably be up here. Look at this beautiful family. Thanks, Eric, for giving me a picture. That's, yeah, I don't know who that is. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 4. Verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's a short verse, I know. But if we break it down a little bit, I think that there's a lot to be learned. So for, first, I broke, this, I broke this verse down into two do statements and one do not. So, first do statement is do bring your children up in the discipline of the Lord. All right, so we all know how God dealt with the Israelites when they were acting crazy, right? Slavery, banishment, pick one. Both are great options for your kids. <laughs> Seriously, though, what does it mean to raise your, ch your children up in the discipline of the Lord? While I don't have time to completely answer this question, I want to focus on one aspect of God's discipline that really challenges me as a parent. His attitude. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, I do believe it will be up here again. Oh no, sorry, Eric said it was too long. Sorry, I, I chose a long, a long verse. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. So while you're turning there, I want to tell you what's going on here. In chapter 11, right before this, Paul describes many faithful people throughout history. Um, they, they acted on their, on their faith in God and they did, they did great things through faith. Um, these faithful actions sometimes led to, for them to suffer abuse, um, abuse and, and, and even death. Um, and to the day they died, these faithful people did not see God's promises fulfilled. He then starts in chapter 12, Paul that is, by addressing the suffering of Jesus at the hand of sinners. He's trying to bring perspective to his current audience's suffering but also encouragement as well. So let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that, that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And Paul quotes Proverbs here. My son... Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, 
and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Paul speaks of God's discipline as the very thing that should bring these people comfort, confidence, and peace. God's discipline means that he loves you. His discipline means that he wants what's best for you. His discipline means that he is claiming you as his child. Parents, I challenge you to examine the way that you are disciplining your kids. Is this the message that your kids are getting? Or is it one that is drenched in disappointment and impatience? Discipline is an absolutely essential part of your child's maturing and growing, and different people are going to do it different ways. Always evaluate the attitude and the emotion that you are conveying to your kids through your discipline. Remember, the discipline of the Lord is first for our good. It is for our good because he loves us and because we are his. All right, so second do statement. Raise your children up in the instruction of the Lord. All right, so let's not overcomplicate this one. Read the Bible with your kids. Encourage them to read it on their own. Talk with them about it. Answer questions that they might have. One of the biggest influences you can have on, on your kids is to let them see your legitimate belief and faith in the Word of God. Teach them that because God is the creator of all things, that he knows how this life works best because he designed it that way. Teach your kids to turn to scripture for understanding, for encouragement and wisdom. Showing your kids the way God understands us will go a long way to shaping their view of this book that we have been given. I want to go now to, to 1 Thessalonians. I know I'm having you flip all over the place, so sorry about that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 11 through 13. And kind of just a short, while you're turning, a short little preface into what, what Paul's doing here. Paul is, is describing his actions towards this church. Um, he's, he's describing his actions, but also his, his purpose behind, behind what he's trying to present to them. He then goes on to, to comparing himself to somewhat of a father figure. Um, so let's read again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 11 through 13. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, 
that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. It is my goal as a dad to charge my boys with these same, same things, to encourage them, to charge them to walk in a manner worthy of God. But it is my prayer that I get to see my, my kids hold this book in their hands and not to see it as my words, not to see it as Paul's words, but that they see it as what it truly is, the Word of God. I believe that bringing your kids up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord has everything to do with showing legitimate faith that they can learn from. It has everything to do with the attitude that you have when approaching them in discipline. All right, so we're trucking through today, guys. I don't know if I'm going too fast or not, but oh well. Uh, Third point, it is our do not statement. Do not exasperate your children. Uh, Now, because of the order that we went through, that we went through these, it actually seems like this one has already been covered. The two do statements and the one do not statement seem to go hand in hand. Or hang with me here. You can't do one without not do notting the other. It works. Just go with it, all right? Maybe it works. It seems to work in my head. Uh, I, when I was studying, I saw this verse pop up in the, uh, the, ver- the main verse, the uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse that we're going over. Uh, I saw it pop up in the uh, Amplified Bible Translation. Now, I don't really know what that is. Um, it's not one I use or have ever used, but um, it caught my eye, and this is how it reads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Again, we go back to the attitude and the emotion and even the goals for your parenting. If you are committed to model as a parent the way God interacts with us, then when you fall short of this, and you definitely will, it will be abundantly clear. Saying that you'll fail may sound deflating, but it can be one of the biggest and most important lessons that you teach your children. Admit your mistakes to your kids. Repent of those times when you fall short as their parent to them. And this brings me to my final point. And really, it is not just my final point, but it is the point. It is God's point. It is the point that is the fulfillment of the promised salvation to all those faithful ones Paul talked about that never saw it. It is the reason that Paul says God's discipline can bring about holiness and righteousness. It is the proof of God's attitude, his love and his desire for us as his children. And that proof is Jesus. So if I would have gotten this to him earlier, fourth point would have been Jesus, but it's, I didn't, I didn't get to him 
to Eric in time. So imagine that the word Jesus is up there. If your goal for parenting is to have well-behaved, well-disciplined children, then you are missing the point. If you are using the Bible to teach your kids good moral lessons, while that's good, you are missing the main point of all Scripture. The entire point of all Scripture is to point out God's sovereignty, man and its sinfulness, and yet God's righteousness and love in sending us a perfect Savior. Back in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we should lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and look to who? To Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, sorry, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God. Leading our children to see their sin is made easier when we kneel down beside them and say, I know what you're going through because I'm here too. As parents, yes, we want to approach discipline from a biblical and a godly perspective. We want to teach our kids to study God's word. But above everything, we need to introduce and make much of our Savior. As I said at the beginning, I feel like I'm failing as a parent sometimes, and I'm sure none of you can relate to that. A few days ago, I completely lost my temper with my boys, just, just trying to get them to bed. Again, I know none of you can relate to that. Just trying to get them in their bed. I realized quickly that I had done the exact thing that I am trying to teach them to control, their temper. I had no excuse. I felt hypocritical and pretty ashamed. I thought to myself that I don't want them to think that it's okay for me to treat them that way just because I'm dad and they're not. I apologized to my boys. And I told them that the daddy still makes plenty of mistakes. But thanks to Jesus and what he did on the cross, that I don't have to face the punishment that I rightly deserve for messing up. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It just has to be the truth. Another reason for teaching our kids to admit their sin is so important is because it is something that you don't grow out of. If you were here last week, I got Bud's permission to talk about him, so just know that. If you were here last week, you heard Bud Mooney preach. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Bud. He has been a believer for longer than the majority of us in this room have been alive. He is obviously knowledgeable in scripture, able to teach, faithfully married to his wife for some crazy amount of years. I asked him last night what those years were and it, it blew me away. Even with all that, 
Bud is a sinner. He is hopelessly, helplessly, completely dependent on the gospel message of Jesus. No less now than the day he first believed. I am a sinner. Ronnie, whose job I never want to take, he is a sinner. All right, now at the risk of completely derailing your thoughts and my own thoughts, when something funny pops into my head, it just nags at me until I say it. And so I I thought about not saying it, but here it is. Dory says say it, so I'm going to say it. I wanted one of my final points to be big, bold letters, Bud is a sinner. (laughs) But but I decided against it. Um, You know, somebody walks in late. They're only able to jot down a couple notes. They go home and talk about what they learned. Like, what'd you learn? Like, well, I don't know, but Bud's a sinner. <laughs> like I said, probably derailed your thoughts. But I decided against that, but I still said it, and here we are. Parents, I know that our job is not easy. We have to fight against our own sinful nature to be the parents our kids need us to be and the one God calls us to be. We have the responsibility to teach, to discipline, and encourage our kids, all while directing our kids to the one that can truly save them, Jesus. We can't save our kids. Only Jesus can. I know that Oliver and Isaiah's future is not ultimately up to me, but I want to patiently, humbly, aggressively, when necessary, help them run their race teaching them to look to one place, to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we are thankful for your word. Um, God, even when it, when it seems like it's face value, it never is. And God, we look into it and, and you teach us so much more. And we're thankful for that, God. And we, put, we put so much value in this word that you've given us. So thank you for that. God, we do. We have a hard job as parents. Um, somewhat seemingly impossible sometimes and and god we need your help now we thank you for the support the support of our church we thank you for the support of the holy spirit lord if we're a believer and god we we legitimately could not do it and we don't want to do it without you leading us as, as parents and as a family lord so continue to help us and lord we again we just thank you for the the one thing that, that truly matters and that is jesus and the cross so in his name amen